Hello, welcome to the episode of Bros 3 Podcast. The 100th episode. One, two, three, four. Can I have just a little more? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How you doing, fam? A, B, C, D. Can I bring my friend to T? E, L, G, H, I, J, Y, Living that best life. Look at me. Hey, I'm sorry, man. I'ma tell you, Andre 3000 gets me in the best mood. Like, makes me happy. Just that's my guy. Uh, welcome to an episode with Bro Three Podcast. I guess it's coming out September 11th. Not the most advantageous date, but. We're going to keep the energy going. Yo, I got to tell y'all, I kind of met Andre 3000. Kind of. It's, it's a complicated story. No, not really. Here's the story. Um, when I was in college, we took a trip to North Carolina. Uh, I was part of the Black Students Union, and we... Took a trip to North Carolina. And I guess that was kind of self-explanatory, right? So we get there, and um, I wasn't 21 yet, but we were with some people who were 21. So um, they go down to the bar. It was in a nice hotel, college paid for and everything. And one of the women we were with, her name was Laura, white woman. She had frizzy red hair. She kind of put your mind with Miss Frizz, but she loved like a lot of black stuff. She had a crush on LL Cool J. We spent all night because I guess apparently he has a house in North Carolina. So she actually, we went looking for his house. But that's besides the point, right? So me and my other friend who wasn't 21, we're outside at the bar. But it was in the lobby, right? So she comes out because she know Andre 3000. That's my dude. This is when they were still with Outkast. So at 2000, it must have been... Um, uh, Rosa Parks, that album, right? Uh, was that Stangonia, maybe? So she comes out, and I had long permed hair, right? I don't know, it was, it was a thing. So anyway, she comes out the bar. She was like, Tony, you never guess who's in here. I'm like, who? She's like, Andre, because he wasn't going by Andre 3000 by then. I was like, what? She's like, Andre, I say, man, you lying. She was like, no, swear to God, Andre's up here. I'm going to see if I can make him come out, like come say hi to you. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is an epic moment. This is, like, defining. This is going to be just, I don't know, monumental. Something I tell somebody when I'm 40. Look at me. I'm telling somebody when I'm 40, right? So brother comes out, right, and he kind of all on Laura, like, hey, yeah, shawty. Yeah, I meet your little friend. What, he sick or something? You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, it's the South. So, hey, yeah, I mean, I'm cool. Like, what's wrong? He got the sickle cell or something? So, this individual comes out, hanging on the Lord, but then Lord, like, yeah, you got to meet my friend first. You know, obviously, duh. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him. Now, I'm six, whatever. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, he's smaller than what I think he's going to be. But it's TV. Everybody's smaller than what they think they're going to be. Oh, my gosh, you sitting here in front of uh, hip-hop royalty. This is an icon in the making. Under 3,000. So I'm sitting there looking at him. And he's got braids, you know. He, I'm sitting there, and he got like a goatee situation going on. He's got a leather jacket on. I'm like, 
okay, he's a little smaller than what I thought he was going to be, but that's cool. So now I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, Andre, I got you know, man, I'm your biggest fan. And I'm looking, I'm like, he a little lighter than what I thought he was going to be. I mean, Atlanta, the sun's out. This brother's high yellow at best. But he kind of got an Andre 3000-ish face, right? And he like, I yeah, my, I it cool, my, I made real nice to meet you, my, and this, that, and other. I'm like, okay, cool. So now I'm like, I look at his eyes, and the brother looked like a little Korean. Like I ain't even trying. I'm not even exaggerating. Like his his eyes was was not not Andre 3000 ish. So I'm like, and then the part of my brain, the the the, the height part of my brain started wearing down. Like. This dude might not be Andre 3000. So I'm like, hey, man, yo. I'm, but I'm still kind of like, maybe it is, right? So I'm like, yo, man, hey, man, that one rap, right? That one rap you kicked, man, uh, the Rosa Parks. Oh, man, like, how did you come up with that? You're like, hey, man, you know, you sitting in the studio, cool, you know what I'm saying? Just come to you, man, it whatever, right? And now I'm like, yeah, man, like, it's the dopest thing I've ever heard. Now I'm giving him, like, now I know you're not Andre 3000. I'm like, yo, matter of fact, man. I'm going to start the verse off for you, man. I mean, if you kicked it with me, man, that would be, like, just phenomenal. Would you do that for me? Like, hey, man, whatever, anything for a fan, right? <laughs> Sitting there looking at the little white girl. I'm like, yo, so I met a gypsy, and she kicked me to some life game. I'm sitting there waiting for this, waiting for this verse. He's like, yeah, and then you know that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I wrote that, man, I was, I was like, no, I, I got, I got you, I got you. I met a gypsy, and she kicked me to some life game to stimulate and activate the left and right brain. Said, baby boy, you only funky as your last cut. At this point, he know the game up. Like, he looking like, I okay, man. I'm like, no, 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 no. So, baby boy, let me tell you, you was a hassle. Well, hold on. I started, I just basically, I kicked the whole verse to him and just looked at him like, this is what you do to the youth. Mm. Just, bro, just, uh, just, it was so scuzzy. And then I walked away. I was like, I can't believe I was fanboying over another dude. Like, I mean, if I ever meet him again, you know, he get that same energy. He get, if anything, Andre gets extra energy because I gave away some of his energy. But since we're talking about musicians or vocal artists or whatever, recording artists, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> I was at the Cheesecake Factory. This is how I know I don't really care about celebrity. I don't care about famous people. I don't. I mean, they're just regular people, and with the exception of Andre 3000, right? So... I'm at the Cheesecake Factory. Um, I'm on a date. I was young, really couldn't afford it, trying to make a nice impression. Right? I'm sitting there, and I'm at my table. It's crowded. This is when the world was open, kids. Like, you could actually sit and eat around other people without social distancing. Like, if someone coughed on your food, you're like, hey, it's cool. You know, not a big deal. Right? So, anyway, um, sitting there having dinner. And the young lady I'm with, she starts, she's looking over, like over me, at the different, again, the restaurant's packed. She's like, oh, my God, I think that's Usher. And I'm, I'm sitting there eating my food. I'm like, okay. Like, so? I mean, I had my heart broken once before. I'm not about to go fanboy over somebody else. I'm like, okay, cool. She's like, no, no, look, is that Usher? I look up, I'm like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, shucks. Like, I'm still eating my food. I'm trying to get a refill on my pink lemonade. No, strawberry lemonade. She like, look. So I look over, and show stank is Usher. Like, the brother looked like he did on, like, one of his music videos. Like, his diamonds, like, they blinded me from across the restaurant, right? 
and he has a little hat on, he has little earrings on, they hit the light, he's like, bling, he's like, ah, no, that's Usher, like, no doubt, right? This is before Confessions came out, right? So we didn't know that Usher was out there loving on somebody other than Chili. So I'm like, no, yeah, that's Usher, because I also see two bodyguards of uh, the length of the, um, the owl. So like, you couldn't even walk up to Usher like that, right? She was like, <laughs> now, the woman I was with was a huge TLC fan. So she was right out. She was Team Chili all the way. So I was like, no, that's Usher, yeah. So whatever, like, pass me a biscuit. So I'm sitting there eating, and she was like, wait a minute. That ain't Chili. And I, I'm doing what dudes do. Like, if your boy cheat, even though Usher ain't my dude, like, he my dude. Look, man, he famous, man. Famous people go out with people all the time, man. She might be in Make-A-Wish Foundation or something. Man, would you hand me a biscuit, please? She was like, that ain't Chili. So now I got to, like, nah, maybe not. So I look over, like, that's definitely not Chili. But... He has a type. She looked just like Chili, right? So I'm like, look, just eat your food, man. Like, they, come on, man. So anyway, she, she was like, like, when we go, like, we should say something to him. What we going to say? What do I got to say to, I'm driving, I want to say a neon at the time, and I'm paying for parking, and I really can't pay. What do I got to say to Usher, right? Unless he got under 3,000 number, we got nothing to talk about. So... Now, and this is true, and this was such, oh, man, it was like something off of a movie, right? So the two big black bodyguards, they look like the dude, uh, the two bodyguards, I don't know if you bought them as a set or what, but they look just like, you remember Lito and Stitch, the guy named Buck Cobra Bubbles, the the social worker, the bald head dude voiced by Bing Rams, they, and they had the two earrings, too. They looked just like them. Both of them did. So two white kids run up to the little guy, uh, they run up to the aisle where Usher is, and then, like, the bodyguard's like, hey, man, no one disturbs Mr. Raymond while he's eating. You know what I'm saying? And Usher's like, nah, he's cool, man. Because I didn't hear him. I just kind of saw the, the motion. Like, the little little white kid ran up. It's two of them, a white little boy, a white little girl. Seemed like something out of, like, a, a, a JCPenney ad or something. Like, you too can be Usher. Confessions. Right? By the album. So, anyway, um... The little kid walks up to Usher or whatever, run, well, actually ran up to him. And before they got to him, the bodyguard was like, hey, man, you know, no one no one bothers Mr. Raymond while he's eating this uh, cheesecake. And he's like, no, nah, it's cool, Bubbles. You know what I'm saying? Take a walk. And he's like, very well. Right? So then the little kids walk up there or whatever. They hand him a napkin. He writes something. He flashes a smile. His smile is almost as bright as diamonds. And then they run off. Right? So, you know, we finishing up. I mean, she was like, I'm going to say something to him because he shouldn't be out here cheating on chili i say look they not they, he now i got now i got to ride with team usher like he not cheating they just you know maybe they worked in the studio maybe you're in the mail i don't like let's just go she's like okay but as we walk past him i'm gonna scowl at him i'm like, okay well fine just don't get uh double twins to beat me up in the parking lot right so we walk by and usher <laughs> the bad thing is usher kind of looked up i was looking at him soon made eye contact i looked away like, we got nothing to talk about. Because real talk, and this is the God science truth, I was really trying to figure out how I could rob Usher. I mean, I had student loans. He had a nice chain. He had his earrings on. I, and I, I'm not that dude, but I was like, man, look, uh, if I could just get one of them earrings, man. If I could just get one of them. But, so as soon as he looked at me, he's like, ah, oh, you trying to be a jack. Well, I looked away like, oh, no, no, Mr. Raymond, I don't want that smoke. The girl I was with stared him down and gave a disapproving look to the girl. And then we went outside in the chilly Chicago night. I'm like, you know you made a fool of yourself. That was nothing. They was just two people having dinner. And she like, well, we'll see. 
and show a stank. Three, four months passed, and confessions came out, and he was sliding on his knees in the ring, talking about, Chili, I'm cheating, I'm sorry. And I was just like, mm. <laughs> I was a part of music history, didn't even know it. So everyone knows that I have an elderly dog named Ebony. I really like this dog. She's a, she's a good companion. A lot of times she's the reason if I don't have to get up, I have obligation. I have responsibilities that, you know, to make her life a little bit better. So we take walks. And how I say there's nothing new under the sun. At some point, I'm like, we won't be here. That's just a fact, you know. I don't care how many Pilates you do, how many uh, non-GMO snacks and cakes you eat and supplements. At some point, you know, you're going to leave something behind, either good or bad. So what I'm starting to, what I, to make my walks a little bit more fun with my dog, I pretend to be like a hood archaeologist, you know. I mean, some things in in the hood that you see that you don't see in other places of the world. Like, and I like to hypothesize how those things may have came to get there. I'm like a, I'm like a, well, I'm, I'm like a hood Indiana Jones. Like, I'm Gary Indiana Jones, right? And the things I've seen, I sit back and I ponder on them. Okay, so a perfect example. I'm walking. I got Ebony, my trusty steed, with me. She blind, but that's cool. You know, I got my eyes out for the savages. I got my eyes out for the jack boys. And we're going to make it home in one piece. So I get closer to the park. As I go in the park, I'm just sitting there looking at the remains of a once great civilization, you dig? And one of the things I saw was a female's bra, right? Nothing real spectacular about that, but then upon closer inspection, I noticed it was a nice bra. It wasn't like uh, some cheap dollar store bra. It was a nice bra. It had like pad. I ain't pick it up. But it was a nice color and everything. So now I'm looking at it and whoever wore this bra was a buxom lady. Like it was easy like a 42 double D. Triple D. Like it had the padded cups and everything. But the part that will astound people for years is the fact that the bra we're still hooked in the back. So, okay, as an archaeologist, what do you do? You put together a scenario. What happened? How did this happen? I don't know. I mean, did she get kicked out of a car? Did she start a girl fight? And then, you know, did she win the fight? Oh, well, that's something for another time, right? So, still walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. And at a stoplight, I see a box. I go to the box. I, ain't, I walk by the box. I ain't just peep into the box. I see a box. It's a produce box. And I also see 
a book bag, like a child's book bag, like a door to explore or something. So now I'm looking, and I'm waiting for the stoplight to change. So I kind of peep in. I'm kind of curious what kind of produce was up in there. It was bags of salad. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, something happened at the stoplight. What happened to this stoplight specifically? That somebody had to make a choice between taking a box of salad home, and it was wilted, there were bags of salad, or taking a kid. Like, I don't want to think that a kid got snatched up. And I would I would think that, uh, you know, you would want your vegetables. But the thing is, school ain't supposed to be in. So I continued my journey. Walked a little bit farther into the wilderness, right? I passed the building I passed for years. I don't know what it is. I've never seen no one go in the building. I've never seen no one come out the building. If I had to guess, I would say it was a Nipsco building. If I had to guess, there's, there's trucks that seem to be outside, look, you know, windowless vans, but they there's no logos on them, right? So I'm walking. I've seen this building a million times before. Never paid it too much no type of attention. Until this one particular day, the sun was shining just right. And I noticed there was a silver door leading outside from the second floor. There's nothing weird about that. So I realized there was no steps to get up to this door. And I'm almost certain this door was not there for the years I passed this building. And the crazy thing, they had like vines kind of growing up to it just a little bit. You don't climb the vines to get that. It was still baby vines. They were kind of like starting to kind of work their way around the, the hinge of the door. So many questions, man. I'm going to tell you, the world is a wonderful place if you start looking. You know, just don't, don't walk around with blinders on. Keep your eyes open because you'll see some amazing things. Now, I've taken this same adventurous spirit to white neighborhoods. And the things I see there are just as perplexed, but in a different sort of way because I got no context to them, right? Okay, so I was in a white neighborhood this time by my lonesome. It was a solo adventure. Didn't have Ebony with me, right? It's early in the morning. White people are getting up. They're watering their grass. Some of them got the automatic sprinklers. And as I'm driving, it's a nice cul-de-sac, the whole man. Uh, I park my car and I see, I see, <laughs> I see some people early in the morning getting themselves together. I see a guy, right? Looks like a you know, middle-aged guy, well-to-do, I guess. And he spends some time with his son. Right, so he's got him in the stroller. Instead of him taking a leisurely walk around the neighborhood, enjoying the birds chirping, enjoying the, you know, the, the sunrise, whatever. Everything's got to be competitive, right? So the dad, he looks like, you know, I guess before he goes off in this electric car to, you know, whatever. He's an architect or something. I don't know, but like he's he's got his workout clothes on. And he's jogging. He's got his little watch on. He's checking his little heart rate and everything. And then, like, I'm sitting there like, okay, 
how enjoyable is this? Like you got, and then he had the jogging stroller, so it wasn't just a regular. It was an all-terrain, you know, uh, dual suspension, expensive stroller. But not just that. The kid, I saw his little leg hanging out. His, he was way too big to be in the stroller. Like he could have easily been walking with his dad. But not just that. Like I'm sitting there looking at this big muscular baby leg hanging out, right? And he's the baby got running shoes too. So okay, well that seems kind of redundant, right? Because only one of y'all running. But then my thing is, the baby's big enough. Like I could almost imagine the baby like, come on, dad, come on, dad, come on, push it, push through the pain, come on, dad. Like and then he like, hey, you're right, son, you're right, son. Yeah, come on, man, come on. Like there are certain things. Look, the thing is, white people, I'm not judging, just simply state, white people have less of a reason to run in America than black people. Oh, yo, you think I'm being racially insensitive? No, it's kind of a fact. Okay, guess what? I'm just hanging out in the hood, right? Drinking a 40, whatever people do, right? Car pull up on the block. And if I'm with the dudes, I'm like, yo, you know that car? They're like, no, I don't know that car. They're like, oh, okay. They come creeping down the alleyway or whatever. They get the bus and guess what? I got the run, right? Right? That's just a scenario. Does that happen in, in an affluent neighborhood? Some guy pulls up in one of those smart cars. I'm like, hey, Bob, do you know? Uh, is that uh, the guy from the county? I'm like, no, I don't think so. That's not. Oh, no. Oh, no. The rival gang is like, no, it's not a thing. I just don't understand like why people are they have to work out to be in shape to work out when your lifestyle dictates that you don't have to run. You don't have to run. You call the cops, you know, you are in good standing. But see now, now my two words are starting to mail, mail, merge. I was gonna say mail and merge. They come together, right? <sighs> White people are moving back into the hood. And see, the thing is, we don't care. <laughs> you know, like black people, I try to tell this to all my white friends, like they tell me there's places I can't go. Like they're like, oh, well, we wouldn't have beers here. And we wouldn't have beers there. I say, hey, I might go with you one time. It's all, oh, Tony, you wouldn't be invited. You wouldn't be like, they wouldn't want you there. I say, well, you my friend. You know what I'm saying? What did he like? No. Okay, I appreciate the heads up. Now, on the flip side, I'd be like, yo, why don't y'all come? Kick on, on my side of the street. They're like, nah, we don't want to go over there. I said, why not? They said, cuz, man, we don't feel safe. I said, okay, first and foremost, if you my friend, if I take you somewhere, your safety is paramount to me. And plus, you rolling with Gary Indiana Jones. Like, we laugh at the face of danger, baby. But not just that. People in the hood, black people, we don't care what white people do. Because if you're there, you act like you're supposed to be there. Apparently, you're supposed to be there, right? So I'm taking Abney, another dangerous trek to let her use the bathroom at the park right I had some in my hand I had to go throw it away so I was like okay I'm gonna cut down this alley and just throw it in one of the mini trash cans I figure it's better than littering right so as I'm walking walking down the alley I see two white people coming toward me at the other side of the alley and when I tell you I was more nervous about seeing two white guys in the hood coming down the alley told me because they wasn't scared what'd I do I threw the thing in the way I threw, threw my trash away 
and hightailed it out of there. I didn't just leave. No, I, I skedaddled out of the way. You know why? Because the level of confidence they had in this situation uh, seemed it was palpable. So I just decided, you know what, get these, these young Thundercats they way. It just is what it is, baby. So at the end of my last episode and my little closing thoughts, I pondered a question. I brought it up, but I figured it needed its own clarification. So I spoke on something about being a good person. And then I asked a question like, well, how do you know you're a good person? Now, I've had a very interesting uh thought about this and a lot of people don't seem to like it but I figure I'll share it and do with the information what you will I believe that depending on who you ask you're either a good person or a bad person but I don't believe it's up to you to make the decision okay this is what I'm saying I like to think, I believe that I I leave people better than what I found them. I don't do any harm to anybody. But I don't think it's up to me to say if I'm a good person or not. I'm just a person. Now, I had a conversation with a young lady. And I asked her. I said, yo, uh, not the blue. I said, yo, you think you're a good person? She was like, yeah, I think I'm a good person. I said, oh, really? She said, why? You don't think you're a good person? I said, I don't think it's really up to me to decide. Like, well, why don't you think you, you don't think you're a good person? It's not up to me to decide. My actions should speak more than me saying I'm a good person. She didn't like that answer, which is fine. I just, to me, the proof is in the pudding. Because no one's going to say they're a bad person, Right? So, I look at it like this. If we're judged on what we do most of the time, then most people are good people. But we both know that's not true. This comedian said, Jeffrey Dahmer only killed people and ate people. Like 90-something, he actually did the, the, the average of when he was born. I guess the time it takes to kill people. I don't know. But... He had said, by those standards, Jeffrey Dahmer is a good person. I spent a lot of my time with people who have transgressed against the law, allegedly. And for four years, I spent time with people who were incarcerated for breaking the law. Now, you pay with your time, right? If you break the law, the one thing you can't get back, there's three things that you are very valuable to a person. Your time, your health, and I can't remember the last one, but that's besides the point. You can't get health back, you know what I'm saying? Well, once you get older, you know, health starts to decline, you can't just own that slide out. So you do things to take care of yourself. You know, no amount of money can give you back the 20 years you spent in prison. But the thing is, I've heard people say 
horrible things. Like, they've done horrible things. And they don't think they're bad people. I just... I think one of the things that separate, I guess, the normal person, quote-unquote, or the average person from a deranged person is one simple thing. The consequences. Like, you have to look forward to, like, well, if I do this thing, there'll be consequences involved. Because I believe... If you ask anybody out there about you or me, if I ask, I can ask anybody I've ever met, you think Tony's a good person. The thing is, I guarantee you no one's going to say 100% yes or no. There have been people that I've hurt on a bad day who are like, oh, no, Tony's a terrible person. And there's people who are out there who will be like, oh, no, Tony's a great guy. I don't think it's up for us to decide. I do believe it is our mission our calling or our obligation to each other's people to try your best to be as nice as you can to everybody and make everyone's life a little bit better. And if we all do that, then I think uh, I think we can all be better. Not great, not good, just better. All right, so I was briefly speaking on consequences. And Every action has a consequence, either good or bad. Like if you do good things, you get praised. You get praised. You don't really call them consequences. You call those like uh, admirations or something like that, right? Okay, fair enough. But uh, most of my adult life, I've spent in the law enforcement slash corrections field. And one of the lessons that you learn very early on, if you if you stay in this field. Uh, your words have consequences. Like if you, if there's certain words you shouldn't use, you grown, you do what you want to. There's certain words that you should not use in a lockdown facility or setting. And if you do, the the ramifications are swift and immediate. You call a man certain things out of his name. Uh, yeah, you might as well, the, the conversation is literally over. I've been in the cell house, right? 300, 400 people locked down. And uh, her just, you know, it's 400 people, you know, 300, 350-something. Largest cell house in Indiana. And uh, it was just me and one other guy. Like, literally, it's two of us. And we supposed to control 300 people. Good luck with that, right? Um, heard these dudes arguing. And they were, they were yelling back and forth. They were like, hey, man, forget you. Hey, man, forget you. And everybody else, you know, they watching. This is back when Flavor Love was on TV. Uh, BET Uncut came on at 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock. That's when it got super quiet for some odd reason. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So these dudes arguing, and they were like, whatever, man, forget you. And he was like, whatever, forget you, man. And he was like, dude called him the B word. And when I say the cell house went from people yelling about the game or Alex Trebek or whatever, when he said, hey, man, F you B. It got quiet because then everybody got the ears to the, to the, like, okay, what's going to happen? He said, okay, see you in breakfast. That was literally it. Next morning, somebody got stabbed. What I'm saying is certain words, and see, the question is, the question is, are you willing to pay that price? Okay, like, 
I was walking at me, right? I love walking my dog. That's just what I do. Don't at me. That's what the young people say. Don't don't at me on Instagram. So I'm walking my dog. Every old dog, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm walking at me, and Abby, she likes she just like to walk. She like to sniff stuff and walk. And then she might she pees one time, and then every other time when she tries to pee, it, uh, maybe a drip or two will come out. Like basically, like oh, I want to mark this too. And she ain't got no more blood. You know, she just. She, Nothing, right? So I'm on a block. It ain't my block. So I'm walking Abney, and Abney, she just sniffing. She's like, ooh, this is some grass. I want to sniff it. I'm going to mark this, right? Well, I hear some dudes from, like, maybe three houses down. Like, hey, man, get your dog. I'm like, excuse me? Pardon me? Because it was a younger guy. So I got to play an old man. Excuse me, young man. Pardon me. What you, what you say now? And I ain't like the aggression in his, in his, in his tone. So now I got the... I got to put some boundaries, baby. That's just, that's just what it is. So I said, excuse me, pardon me, because that was a better way to ask. He said, hey, man, your dog. Get your dog, man. Now, I ain't peeped the scene. You're on the passenger side of your friend's car. I guess you're helping them clean out. So you ain't a homeowner. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the bass in your voice, I don't, I don't like that neither. I say, what dog? He said, that dog right there smelling that grass. I say, huh? I look down like, oh, yeah, that's a dog right there, ain't it? Now, my whole thing is if you're about that life, you know, it would have been, yo, move your dog. I'm moving you and your dog. And he was like, yeah, man, get your dog, man. That's private property right there. And I'm like, man, animals don't care about private property. So I'm still sitting there. I'm like, and um, so you want me to move my dog? That's what you're telling me? All the time, Ebony just sniffing like, oh, this is grass, too. And that's grass, too. Yeah. He was like, yeah, man, move your dog. And this is the thing, whenever someone threatens me like that, this is what plays in my head. But it's not so what by Sierra, the lovely Sierra. It's all what. Like you told me what you wanted me to do. And you said it in a demanding fashion, which is fine. But if I don't do it, what are you going to do about it? I realized I was pushing pushing the point. So I was like, so, and Ebony's still sniffing. And I was like, would you like me to, would you like me to move across the street, young man? He said, yeah, man, move your dog. I'm like, okay, you said that already. Like, I, I'm not really good at, you know, repeating conversations, but I moved across the street. I like this, it's this okay for your man? He said, yeah, and went back to clean his car. Late on that night, took Ebony for a midnight walk, and guess what? We went to the same block, you know. Just because, you know, I want to make sure stuff is safe, you know, for the nighttime. And let Ebony pee all on the man's grass. The thing is, do not, you should not, threaten people with just, okay, perfect example, all right? So, I had to go get some pictures, right? I had to go get some pictures from, from the Walgreens. And yes, I said the Walgreens, don't at me. I told you that already, don't at me. So, I go get some pictures from the Walgreens, right? I went on, I actually downloaded the app, even though I hate technology. I downloaded the app, uh, put the pictures in there, they, they was all ready, right? So I go to the to the counter. Now the woman, she was she was a heavy set woman, not attractive, that's got nothing to do with it, but she also had an ugly attitude. So I'm, um, I'm in line, I hear her, she's yelling at some dude in front of me. She was like, yo ID, yo ID is uh, invalid. She say, your ID is invalid. 
And the dude like, oh, man, come on, man. I'm just trying to buy some cigarettes. He's like, my, my idea ain't invalid. She said, yes, it is. He said, nah, I don't believe so. He said, yeah, it is. It's September 2020. And he was like, yes, and continue. She was like, your ID expired in August 2020. So I'm like, okay, she one of those people. The young girl, she got a little power. She, hey, man, she doing her job. I can't hate that. But now it's kind of like, so now as I go up, I'm really hoping I get anybody else other than her. Right? And, of course, she says next. I move up in the line. I got my mask on. And she like, I say, uh, yeah, I got some pictures. I just want to see if they ready. So she say, okay. What? And she goes over to the drawer, and she got to add to She instead of just looking at me as a person, she look over and show, like, name. I say, Bronson. So she flipped through, flip, flip, flip. Ain't nobody even printing out pictures anyway. So it wasn't a whole bunch of pictures in there. She say, she find the one that says Bronson. She say, first name. I'm like, excuse me? She's like, first name. Didn't even turn around and looked at me, just over the shoulder. I said, Tony, not a problem. So she get the picture, she was like, hmm, yeah, I thought I'm, uh, uh, asserted my little authority. So as she comes back up to the counter, I'm like, hey, um, real quick, could you see if there's some more Bronsons in there? She like, excuse me? I'm like, well, yeah, I just want to see if there's any more Bronsons in there. She say, hmm. So she go back over there, right? She flipping through, flipping through, flipping through. She was like, nah, there's no other Bronsons. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. So now she comes back and rings up. It's a life lesson. I gave you my last name, Bronson. There's no other Bronsons in there. What do I want to take other people's pictures? Like, I don't, that. The only thing I'm saying is this. You have to be, like, it was just like one thing, like, you made your job harder. Just because you, I don't, I don't know. Okay, Bronson, give me the pictures, give me the pictures. Boom, it's not a problem. Now, if you're not willing to pay that consequence, let's get back on this consequence situation. Like I asked, or what? Like you gonna move me? What you gonna do? The thing is, being in prison, sometimes, you know, people write checks that they butt can't cash. We call them cop induces. If you tell me. You call me out my name. I say I see you at breakfast. Then you see me at breakfast. Instead of you want to fight, you want to pass the butter to me or something like that. But you know what I'm saying? You want to ask me, I hope you had a good meal. No, 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 bro. No, no. You said something. Now you're trying to cop deuces. Now, uh, when I started working in prison, I was 24-ish, something like that. Um, not the toughest man. I don't fight everybody, nothing like that. But I found a way to defuse situations because if you're going to escalate them, you got to be able to defuse them. The best way I found to defuse uh, a tense situation is being funny. I'm not saying I'm funny on this podcast. I'm just saying maybe in real life, you know, if you about to whoop me, I might make you laugh. You're like, all right, go on about your business, right? So normally if I was breaking up a situation or something, well, basically somebody was stepping to me, 24-year-old me. I just came up with this one thing, especially if it, if it was getting tense and, like, somebody kind of walking up to me. What you do is, this probably won't work now, but what I used to do is look at them and, like, you know, if they're looking at me like they want to do something, I'd be like, oh, okay. So uh, this is what we're doing, huh? They're like, yeah, bro, I think this might be what we're doing. You just give them the most serious look you can give them. Like, oh, I see. So uh, it's... Now, if you didn't catch that, what you do is you square up and say, oh, I see. It's about to be a what? 
girl fight. I promise you, if their friends are around, and they was, you know, <laughs> in 2007, like, that would break tension. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one wants to... It's funny. It's like, okay, now now that we're laughing, go on your cell. Like, it's not... Don't... Come on. I don't get paid enough to fight you. You don't want to fight me. It it worked. And it got me through just one of the little small things. Now, as a CO, a corrections officer, um, if you were one of those guys who, like, just took your job too serious, like the woman with the pictures... You know, like there's there's safety and security, and then there's also uh, overdoing it. You know, and you got to pick and choose your battles. Like if a dude looking at 20 years in life, are you really about to sit here and uh, demand that he has two shirts instead of one? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's worth it. But your life, you do what you want to do. Now, if certain inmates are... uh, so, um, if you had an inmate that is uh, mentally disturbed, sometimes if you just make somebody mad enough, they would do something called gun down. All right? Now, gun down is what you do. Well, not what you do, but what would happen is you would be a corrections officer, and, you know, let's say if you made somebody mad enough, what they would do is pee and poo and put other kind of bodily fluids in a cup or maybe something bigger. Let it sit there for a while, maybe, and wait for you to pass by the cell. Now, from there, they'd be like, yo, uh, I need you to... So, oh, sometimes they broke glass into it, too. That way, um, if you were trying to wipe whatever was off, basically you're cutting yourself and it's getting to your bloodstream. Again, not worth it, right? You pick and choose your battles. So, basically, you would, uh, you know, as a CO, someone would say, hey, I need to talk to you. you like, okay, you go to the cell. And then from there, they would throw this concoction on you. Sometimes they had cleaning supplies, cleaning solution and stuff in it. And, I mean, that basically just whatever it is to make your life a little living, living, uh, you know, hell, right? The bad thing is, right, never happened to me, thank God. Uh, you get this situation on you. Now you're trying to wipe it off, and now you realize it's ground glass in it. Now you got this in your bloodstream. Now you got to make it back to... A place to clean yourself off. So yeah, you screaming. The bad thing is, you've got <laughs> you got the other inmates yelling. Someone please tell nine one one. You covering another man's feces? Tell them I just got that. Yes, I just got gunned down. Oh yes, it was it was a. What I'm saying is, man, sometimes everybody ain't worth fighting. Everybody ain't worth escalating. And uh, that's a valuable lesson. All right, we're going to try this again. Um, I want you to know, fam, that uh, the song is Dram You Are Very Special. And I want to let you know you're special to me. And um, I had a person tell me that they wanted to commit suicide. Like they had a plan and everything. But the only reason they didn't go through it is because like, they were gonna see me the next day. And um, I wanna let you know, like be the light. 
be someone that people are happy to have in their life. Because it's short. So, uh, that touched me. So, uh, thank you for listening. And if you ever need me, you call me, 219-964-7781. All right, I love y'all. Be sweet. Bye.